0: Hello there. We would be honored if you would join us. Spark of Rebellion Hello there and welcome to Spark of Rebellion, your weekly Star Wars show coming to you from a galaxy far far away. This is the Premier Star Wars show for new fans and veterans alike and Sadly, today I'm flying solo. I'm without my wonderful co-host, Mr. Gary Aylett. So today, I'm Mark Asquith doing the Castle Run all on my own. Mr. Gary Aylett is back in the UK, and as you know, he's flown the flag for the last couple of weeks while I've been travelling around working in the podcasting industry. That's what I do for a living. I work in the podcasting industry. I make podcast technology, a hosting platform called Captivate, and a few other things. So we've actually been out and about in the United States doing that which is always fascinating we've met a, 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 a few very interesting star wars fans whilst we've been out here we're in actually in Orlando right now so we're hoping to get to galaxy's edge we're going to be reporting back on that if we do manage to get there. Not sure not sure if we will because of how busy it is. Also, we are going to be booking an interview with Mr. Disney himself to talk Star Wars. Lou Mongello, host of the Walt Disney World radio podcast, which has been around forever. The number one source of Disney information in the podcasting world. And we also met a few other awesome people, uh, the guys from I Am Geek, who make custom lightsaber covers, which are just fantastic. They've recently done a, a dark saber cover, which is just wonderful. So go and check out the I Am Geek podcast. Now, this is Spark Rebellion, as you know. Today, I'm going to be really digging into uh, just my thoughts. I don't know how long the episode will be. It might be 20 minutes, it might be half an hour, it might be an hour. I honestly don't know. I'm recording this, like I said, in Orlando, and I'm going to dig into a couple of the things that have cropped up out of the recent novelization leaks of The Rise of Skywalker, in particular some of the Palpatine revelations and some of the Palpatine family tree revelations that have cropped up. Now, I will just apologize for my voice. It's a little croaky. We've been exhibiting here at Podfest in Orlando, which means a heck of a lot of talking to people about podcasting. It also means uh, when I was speaking, I did a talk here uh, educating people on podcasting, and it means that just my voice is, is getting tired. So we'll see how we get along, but thank you for supporting me through this, and it's a pleasure to be back. Spark of Rebellion is is my favorite type of podcast to do. I love doing this show. Love working with guys, love working with you, love working with our fantastic patrons who support the show through their listener support. And speaking of which, look, If you want some amazing Spark of Rebellion merchandise, which we are going to be doing more of, if you want executive producer credits on the show, if you want to come on the show and join us or even submit your very own random spotlight, you can do all of that if you hop over to our Patreon, which is the way that we pay for this show. We're very lucky that we can have our hosting for free through Captivate. We don't pay for that. I'm lucky enough to own a a podcast hosting platform, which is a a position most podcasters aren't in. But, of course, we put time, effort into this, and we also... Want to try and do a little bit more to grow the show and every penny that we receive in listener support via Patreon goes back into hiring editors and people to help us to grow this show so that we can do even more for you. So if you do want to get involved, do check out patreon.com forward slash spark of rebellion. And if you're new to the show, welcome if this is your first instance of listening to Spark of Rebellion, welcome. I know we've generated a few new, new listeners from being out here at Podfest. If you want to tell your friends about it, the easiest link to share is share on Twitter, share on Facebook, sparkofrebellion.com forward slash listen. So let's get into this. There have been two news stories that have been flying around over the last week. Around... The Rise of Skywalker's novelization. So the guys at Star Wars Theory, who we've got a heck of a lot of time for, obviously they run a YouTube channel, they run their Instagram channel as well. And apparently at C2E2 in Chicago, Lucasfilm decided to bring copies of the upcoming March 17th, 2020 release of The Rise of Skywalker, the novelization. Now, it's a bit of a funny one, this, because... Um, that, you know, the Rise of Skywalker has been, uh, you know, it's been it's been received with mixed reviews. I wasn't that much of a fan. I know some people who really, really loved it. I think it personally was a bit of a swing and a miss because of you know everything that we've talked about in the past. But in particular, the reason I think it was a swing and a miss was just because it didn't tie anything together. It didn't fulfil its promise of ending a nine film saga. It didn't fulfil its promise of tying together all these other films. Which is a shame because a lot of the stuff was just left out that could theoretically tie a lot of these things together. Also, I was, you know, I was very critical of the fact that the Emperor felt shoehorned in, felt like a, a, a weak kind of copy of the Emperor and it felt like almost that that villain had become a bit of a hammer house villain, just a bit dumbed down, you know, they, they, there was no strategy to Palpatine, the the character that we've come to know and love, the slow play, long game character was seemed to be, a, kind of seemed to have been replaced by a, just by this villain and it, it, it's emerged recently as well that, you know, there was no plan to bring Palpatine back, it was just that JJ wanted to squeeze him in because he thought he was a great villain and You know, that kind of goes against everything we've heard about Palpatine being the planned villain throughout the entire trilogy. I don't believe that. I think Snoke was the main villain, and and rightly so. I think he was a more interesting villain. Um, I think Palpatine had his time, and had he been threaded throughout the the, the original Force Awakens script, The Last Jedi, I get it. You know, that would have been better. Palpatine is the ultimate villain. But that wasn't the case, you know. So I, I think retconning it in, it would... It would have just been better to admit that it was retconned in. However, however, some of the things that have come out of this novelization, and I've not read the thing, I've just seen some of the news stories. So in particular, there is a news story out there, which is in the show notes, uh, which is on Screen Rant, and there's also another one which is on uh, CBR, uh, comicbook.com. There are two that really, really point to Palpatine being a clone. And in particular, right at the beginning, we see Kylo Ren saying, what can you give me? Um... And apparently, you know, this this scene should have been much longer in the novelisation, the original script. This scene was indeed much longer, where Kylo Ren had previously studied the Clone Wars. You know, as a young boy, he'd studied the Clone Wars, he'd enjoyed the Clone Wars, digging into that, and rightly so, obviously, his grandfather was in, involved in that. I don't know. We don't know whether he was educated on, on Vader being his grandfather or not. I'm sure that's that's to come, whether Leia Han and, and Luke later... Educate ben on Ben on, on, on his heritage. I don't know whether he knew about Anakin and his fall. We don't know about that yet. We don't know about that yet, which is another interesting conversation to have. But, you know, it turns out that young Ben Solo had this, this fascination with the Clone Wars. So he spotted these telltale signs, apparently, according to the novelization. He spotted the telltale signs of the Emperor being a clone in that there were vials of liquid. You know, there were... Cl- they, 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 they he'd seen previously throughout his studies of the Clone Wars which pointed Ben to realise that Palpatine was a clone. And apparently in the novelization, the script was to say something like from Palpatine's angle Ian McDermid was to deliver the line much more than a man much more than a clone, sorry I'm reading that wrong much more than a clone much less than a man. Which is fascinating. You know, I kind of understand that. I like that angle and I wish that had been fleshed out. So we now know that Theoretically, you know, the the, the Sith power, the Sith eternal power, we we are are led to believe now in this new canon that the Sith Palpatine embodied all of the preceding Sith. You know, Darth Bane, Darth Plagueis, all the people that have been canonised now live in Palpatine, which is why he was theoretically so powerful. Apparently that is now new canon. Okay, fine, that's new But the theory goes then that, you know, through the novelization, that this this cloned body, these cloned bodies could not stand the power. So they became decimated. They became uh, decaying, which we saw. You know, we saw that in The Rise of Skywalker, the fingers, the thumbs, the skin peeling. Everything was, um, it, it was just, it was dwindling. You know, it couldn't be contained, which is why, of course, Palpatine wanted a flesh and blood body. In Ray, you know, you kill me, you strike me down, it's back to the Obi one thing. Strike me down, I'll become more powerful than you ever imagined. Palpatine wanted to be embodied through Ray because that's a natural birthed body. And that's actually quite interesting to me. You saw the bait and switch when he realised that actually Kylo and Ray were a forced Dyad, okay, wait a sec, I can get my original body back. I can actually regenerate this clone body that I'm in now can become a real body. So it's interesting because, you know, at the end of The Return of the Jedi, apparently he thrust his body, he thrust his essence, sorry, out into a clone over on Exegol. All these Sith Eternals apparently were already there. The followers were already there. They were ready to receive him. And, you know, this is, I like this more than what we got in The Rise of Skywalker because it shows the long game. And this is what Palpatine has been so good at. I wish we'd seen this throughout the trilogy. This is like, this is the perfect story. This is the perfect ender, but it could have been used throughout the trilogy and it would have been so much better. It would have been so good if we'd started to see some of these facilities and wondering, actually, is this Snoke? What is this? And then, you know, through The Last Jedi, wait a sec, that kind of looks a little bit Palpatine, is that it can't be, can it? And leaving the end of The Last Jedi with the Palpatine reveal, holy crap, I mean, that would have really led up to the closer in the Rise of Skywalker. That, you know, the storytelling there would have been fantastic. Alas, we didn't get that. But... I do like that idea because it shows Palpatine's strategic strength. It shows that, you know, all that technology that Cypher Diaz commissioned in Kamino with the clones, Django Fett, the clone army, you know, it ties everything together. Palpatine was, of course, going to use that. It brings everything back from legends, you know, that which we know they're introducing elements of. So... It, it would have been cool. It would have been interesting. It would have been fascinating. But, you know, we didn't get that. It's in the novelization of the last film in this saga, which is a huge shame. But, you know, for the extended universe geeks like me and, you know, that's all right. I guess we're going to have to live with that. So it's, it's interesting. And the, the idea is that none of these clones over the last 30 years could sustain Palpatine's essence because it was so powerful which is why he had to wait for ray keep bouncing from clone to clone to clone couldn't really do anything just kept bouncing until of course ray and this leads me to my second point so the second revelation came from this novelization the second revelation was that palpatine actually didn't do the down and dirty with anyone he didn't bump and grind with anyone you know the palpatine that we know didn't do that to to impregnate someone and, and, and father a son. He didn't do that actually his son was simply a failed clone a clone that was powerless a clone that was genetically imperfect but that didn't and couldn't manage his power so he had to transfer his soul very quickly to someone else to another clone and this other clone this his son who later became Ray's father he we don't know what happened to him did he bail did he escape what did he do but apparently he left and he somehow escaped the clutches of the clones and of the cloners, you know, the people in Exegol. And he, he, you know, he found a wife and he, he fathered a child and he hid that child on Jakku and Unkar cut took care of her. And... You know, that's the thread of the story. So it wasn't... That wasn't his natural son. It was just another failed clone. Apparently a clone that Palpatine, the essence, the, the spirit, that the, the main man, was just gutted about. You know, he was gutted that, that, that this power was not... It was not able to be contained by this clone. This clone was deemed a failure. Yet, ultimately, this clone delivered something that would prove to be Palpatine's only potential saving grace. The only potential vessel that could contain Palpatine's immense power... So it's, that's actually quite poetic, you know, it, I'm fascinated by the Clone Wars, the Bad Batch, I'm fascinated by the whole, um, the, the the Clone Wars idea that each clone is an individual, it's a person, they, they are people, they are men, they've got their own, own talents, their own personalities, their own lives, their own belief systems, they grow and they learn, and... You know, look outside of the plot holes around aging the clones, and you know is the clone old enough to father? Re- and outside of that stuff, because they take ten years to mature. You know, outside of that, okay, this is more poetic. You know, that saving grace, the only savior of Palpatine, would come as the offspring of his biggest failure, well, perhaps his second biggest failure in, in Vader and losing losing the Empire overall. But this is kind of fascinating. It's. It's Star Wars. It's poetic. It's 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 what goes around comes around. It's camera at its finest. It is it is the writing that we expect to see. You know, regardless of the dialogue in the prequels, the writing and the story beats. They were all there. And we know the prequels get better as time progresses because we see more of the story. Ergo, we see more of the intricate detail. And we know this is what's going to happen with the sequel trilogy. It is just a shame that we saw Palpatine so late in the game when this story now exists. Because... This could have really been super interesting. Like, rather than letting us know who Ray is, let's figure out who Ray's father is, tease the whole family. Who is this? Are they Skywalkers? Who, are, like, we could have done so much more with this family dynamic and the failure, the fall, you know, the fall to the light side of Ray's father that mirrors the fall to the dark side of Anakin Skywalker and then produces the offspring that becomes the saviour and then Rey and Kylo Ren's battle and the journey there. I mean, this is, it's, it's ripe and fertile territory for some great, great, great storytelling. Alas, we didn't get that. But my, my, we could have really had something special here. You know, the Force Awakens reactivated the Force. The Force Awakens reactivated you and me. It reactivated the franchise, the brand. And it set things up. You know, all it needed was a couple of little more extra, little teasers, a little bit more planning. Tease who this person is that, you know, this who's this other guy? Is he related to Ray? Is he not related to Ray. Who is this other person? And then thread that story and bring Palpatine slowly back into the mix throughout The Last Jedi. Tease the strategy. There's a bigger planet play. Wait a sec, the First Order maybe doesn't have all the answers, but wait a sec, is someone pulling their strings? You know, tease that through and then reveal that Palpatine returns in the last act of The Last Jedi. Is this Palpatine? Holy crap. Is it a clone? And then give us that reveal throughout The Rise of Skywalker. Bring the Jedi back. You know, if the Sith eternal, if the Sith lived throughout the last remaining Sith, is that the same for the Jedi? How, you know, bring these people back. I mean, that balances the old and the new so very well. It balances the original trilogy with the prequels and it closes everything out with a nice bow wrapped around it. And I think this is the biggest problem, personally, that I find with the sequel trilogy, is that for all this to exist, all this amazing, amazing content, guess what? We have to read further books. We have to read further literature. We've got to dig into the comic books. We've got to dig into Age of Resistance, Rise of Resistance, out at to Galaxy's Edge. We've got to get all this information, all the plot points that should have been in the movies. Sadly, we got a very rushed Rise of Skywalker. Now we have to consume things. And sadly, you know, not everyone's going to want to do that. If you make people have to read the supplementary material, it becomes less fun because it becomes required reading and that that's no fun to the standard Star Wars. Like my mum, my brother, they're not bothered about that they're not going to do that of course they're not going to do that me gaz the geeks of course we are you know so i think that is the challenge it's not it's a shame that we didn't get the depth it's amazing that we're getting the depth now but holy you know imagine had this been planned out it sounds like the rise of skywalker novelization could pretty much have lived as a sequel to the force awakens and then itself a sequel to whatever the second film would have become, whether it was The Last Jedi or whatever. You know, it feels like The Rise of Skywalker itself, the novelization, the original script, could have actually held an entire trilogy, you know, intersperse the great elements of Luke Skywalker becoming disenchanted and disenfranchised with the Jedi and the history. You know, link that up to The Rise of Palpatine. You know, who better to face down Palpatine than the son of the prodigy? The son of the the person that, that that Palpatine corrupted and who 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 he raised with an iron fist for the rim, you know the remainder of of Darth Vader's life, who what better way to reactivate Luke Skywalker's Force powers and belief in in resistance and rebellion than bring him back the very emperor that his emperor that his father succumbed to and who he ori- originally met and was saved from during the act of redeeming his own father? Like this is this is the Star Wars that we needed this is the Star Wars that i would have bought into so much this is star wars storytelling the tale of redemption the, the hero's journey you know we didn't really get that in the rise of skywalker we truly didn't get it what better way for for leia and, and and Luke to reunite you know what better way for for han to die than sacrificing himself um you know in in the in, towards the, the the original end game of bringing the the emperor down you know tie that into kylo's journey you know either keep him very very bad and siding and really fulfill vader's dreams original plans or redeem him you know either way kylo's plan continues you know but there's so much that could have been done with this and this rise of Skywalker novelization, much like the original Jewel of the Fates, which, you know, we don't know how that would have been executed. Would it have been a better film? Would it have been a worse film? We genuinely don't know, but still it feels like a swing and a miss when you look at all this territory that is now being mined. Wow. You know, this, it could have been so interesting. So look, I'll put the links in the show notes to these two pieces. Go and dig into it. It's, it's really deep, a deep look at the fact that the Emperor was looking at cloning technology, you know, based on the clone army. Why would he have not been? Uh, it shows that the essence of his of his spirit was transported and thrust as he was falling down the shaft, the reactor shaft in the, the Reven- uh, Return of the Jedi movie. It shows that the clones uh, were unable to contain him, that Ray's father was a, a, an imperfect clone that managed to live a semblance of a normal life and and then create the offspring that was the very thing that the Emperor needed to redeem himself. You know, this it was it was it seems poetic and it's just very, very interesting. I'll put the links Into the show notes. But that's my take on it. Um, I think it's fascinating. I think it's very interesting. I'm going to grab the novelization of The Rise of Skywalker when it comes out. Because I think it will just be the version of the film that that, that we wanted. And plus, I think it will be the version of the trilogy that we wanted. So I want you to just, you know, dig into the links. Let me know what you think. Check us out on the social media profiles. You've got all the details there. Search for Spark of Rebellion in your favorite social channel. Hit me up. If you want to chat on this, tag us, we'll reply, we can get into some conversation. Let me know what you thought. So I think it's very, very interesting. Um, and I'm looking forward to chatting with more of you. We're at PodFest right now in Orlando, and we are chatting with a lot of Star Wars fans, a lot of Star Wars podcasters. Um, so just if you're around, come and say hi, come and find me. We can talk about this a lot more. And uh, hopefully Gaz will be back next week. I don't think I'll be flying the flag next week. Maybe Gaz and I will be back in the saddle together next week. That would be awesome. I think we can probably make that work. Um, So thank you for tuning in Go and check out Patreon If you want to get involved Patreon.com Slash Spark of Rebellion It's always a pleasure I really appreciate you tuning in I appreciate you uh, Letting me rant about this I appreciate you Digging into Star Wars with me I appreciate you Putting up with my croaky voice And my sometimes Breaking voice That sounds like I'm about 15 year old Um, And I appreciate you Just tuning in And and helping us to grow this show It means a heck of a lot Because this is Fashion project and a hobby for us so thank you for tuning in until the next time we'll be back hopefully with the news reviews deep dive discussion and of course hopefully the random spotlight as well so until the next time just enjoy give us a share and remember the force will be with you always